0: Hi everyone and welcome to Fashion Fits, where we ask the big questions like, why is it so hard to find clothes that fit? Why is fashion so bad for the environment? And why is it so frustratingly hard to figure out what to wear in the morning? I'm Sarah Neal, your host, and I'm joined by Sarah Cohen from The Styling Advisory. And today we're trying to figure out why it's so hard to find clothes that fit our bodies.
1: So last year, we interviewed over a thousand women and we found some pretty interesting results. 89% of women are more body confident when they like what they wear, but only 15% are actually wearing clothes that make them feel good every day. So if there's such a big reward for wearing clothes that we like, we wanted to know why aren't we doing that every day? So when we looked into it, we realized that one of the reasons is that it's actually not always that easy to find clothes that fit. In fact, our research revealed that 82% of women have recently struggled to find clothes that fit. And we're not just talking about size, shape is the most reported factor, and height and age also plays a big role. In this episode, we talk to some industry experts who have been navigating the complexities around fit and can share why there isn't a quick, simple solution, but how they've taken steps to help us all feel good in what we wear.
0: First off, we're chatting to Holly Richards, who is actually a friend of Miss Tyler from the very, very early days when she was doing her MBA. So We've been following her journey ever since. She's the founder of Ample Folk, producing high-quality, high-performance products from towels and robes to activewear, made especially for plus-size bodies. Hi, Holly. Can you give us a quick intro about who you are and how you started Ample Folk?
2: Hi, oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, Apple vogue started a tail's order's time, classic, I needed something. And so I decided to make it for myself. I, uh, during the pandemic, fell in love with exercise for the first time ever. I've been plus size my whole life and fell in love with exercise finally, for real, and went to buy a sports bra, but I couldn't find one in my size. And I was like, surely not, that that's, that can't be right. But no, really, there are no sports bras in my size. Um, And so I decided to start designing one. And how is that going? Great question. Look, it's still going. <laughs> this was, you know, 2020 now it's 2023, near the end of 2023, and I'm still designing. But as you can imagine, designing a sports bra, it's actually a radically adjustable sports bra. So there's some pattern-pending technology in there, that, which is proving to be very difficult to scale up and down the sizes and make sure it works for every type of body that we want to service. So that's still in development. But um, while that's in development, we've released our first couple of products which are plus-size towels, so 2.2-metre-long towels to fit around up to a size Australian 32. And we've got
1: robes and plenty of other products coming very soon. Okay, and we're also talking today to Sylvie Wilson, who is the co-founder of InSize, an inspiring community-led plus-size shopping experience committed to minimising our environmental footprint and inspiring others to do the same. Insize brings amazing brands into one place to help plus size people find their fashion groove with inspirational stylus curated outfit ideas. Welcome, my love.
3: Thank you for such a lovely introduction to Insize and what we're doing over there. Yes, I'm Sylvie. I'm the co-founder. I started in size alongside my sister, Danielle, who has also been plus size her whole life and was never able to find anything she liked when we went shopping. And I just thought it was really unfair that she did not have the full fashion experience that I did. And so we wanted to create a marketplace where you could discover all the brands in your size in one place and find other people that looked like you and create a great community, which has been going now for the last couple of years and it's been really great. We did notice as well when we were building in size that there were certain items that were missing from the shopping experience and so it actually inspired us to create our own brand which is Danny Marie the label and we started that brand in 2021 and it's a plus size elevated women's wear brand in sizes 14 through to 30. And so I have experience on both the marketplace side, working with many retailers, creating all sorts of different size ranges, as well as my own brand and the experience of bringing clothing to market and
1: the whole fit experience from a manufacturing point of view. So, Holly. Talking about the issue with going up and down sizes with the bras, this is exactly what we want to understand a little bit more or um, help our audience understand. Can you share your experience with creating a pattern and then what happens when you go, great, this is what I want and this is the sizes I want, please proceed and and, and what the barriers are?
2: Yes, yes. I mean, how long have we got? We've got four hours scheduled for this, right, for me to delve into it. Honestly, <laughs> that problems are so, so far wide and varied. The way that we create clothes is not easy to do for someone who is in a straight size body, let alone a plus size body. So basically with pattern making at each point of measurement on the garment, grading between sizes increases by five centimetres, right? That's roughly what most people follow. And so you can imagine Plus size bodies are not changing by five centimeters at each point of measurement between sizes. So a size 20 is not going to have hips five centimeters wider than a size 18 and so on and so forth. And so our bodies unfortunately just don't grade up and grade down that beautifully. So it's really hard to create garments that are going to work for every type of body shape. You know, some women are bigger on the bust and smaller on the on the hips some are the other way around, some have both that are large like me. And so what we've done with the sports bra is we've created, added in some extra straps. So like, if you think about the the shoulder straps and how you can adjust those for sort of how much support you want in that area, think about that, but in other spots on the body, around the waist, across the bust. And so you can kind of scooch it in and scooch it out depending on how much support you want and how much room you need. So if you have a really tiny waist but you've got really big boobs, you might let it out at the shoulders but really cinched in under the waist or like hook, you know, further across the bust because maybe you've got a smaller bust. So it's not a perfect solution because I don't think that exists Yes, other, other yeah, Otherwise, someone out there would be a multi-trillionaire. But I think that it's more about like how can we – Tailor garments to better suit different body types.
1: Exactly. And and presumably that that becomes a little bit more of an expensive process the more you customize a garment. So the more you step away from the homogenized or standardized grading.
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And not just that, it's the actual mechanics of making that work. You know, we know how shoulder straps work. They, you know, that they've been in, you know, out in the world for many, many years. But These other straps we've added in and these other elements of the bra are brand new. They don't exist before. So, you know, getting them right for my body, let alone getting them right for anyone who's between a size 16 to a size 32 is like, I'm not going to say impossible because we're going to make it
0: happen, but it's really hard. So I have a question and Holly, because it's obviously very complicated to create this active wear. But on the flip side of that, it's probably quite easy to produce a towel because (laughs) a towel is just two dimensions. But if that's, so I understand why like there might not be more um, options available in active work just because it really is hard, but a towel is very easy. So why has there not been a plus size towel before?
2: (laughs) That is, that's a truly great question that no one has actually asked me before. And honestly, I think the true answer to that is that we live in a society that really has a problem with larger bodies and we, you know, diet culture is rampant. Um, we are all trying to fit into smaller sizes in a smaller world as best we can. This world was not created for larger bodies. And so I think a lot of the time, larger people's problems are overlooked because if they've got that problem, they should be trying to make themselves smaller so they don't have that problem. So it's almost like whether you agree or not, whether people should be larger than, you know, the average, that kind of doesn't really matter. It's sort of like the reality is there are people in larger bodies. So what are they meant to do now? Like, even if they were to lose the weight overnight, which I am by no means promoting, but if they were, then, you know, what are they meant to do? And so I think there just aren't enough larger people out there in the public eye and and in these businesses who are trying to solve problems for that market, because it's not something that's not only is it not sexy, but it's also sort of, it's taboo. We're not really meant to look like this. So therefore we kind of ignore it and avoid it.
3: I just wanted to jump in here with the question around the plus size towels, because one of the things that we've struggled with is actually when we're buying in fabric is the width of the fabric comes in certain widths from the manufacturers and that is because when they're manufacturing the fabric they have the looms in certain widths and so they just have this standard fabric size that they make so when you're creating clothing in larger sizes you actually need to sometimes cut fabric in different ways and use more fabric in order to create the same garment as you would for a a size like eight through to 14 which is the kind of standard that a lot of brands go up to so I think that the problem actually goes even further into the manufacturing industry and the way that the machines are working and the, the way that machines are actually like built so even if a brand has really great intentions it can still be very difficult to create bigger garments and bigger towels and all of these kind of materials because we are basically limited a lot of the times by what we can actually get that's not to say it's impossible it's just one of the things that i have noticed while being on this journey of of creating garments for size
1: inclusivity so to that point if we if we understand that there are manufacturing limitations that impact the price the cost to manufacture extensive size ranges then and I'm just posing the question I don't know the answer if it costs more to make I'm just surprised that more brands haven't said that's okay it is going to cost more because of the looms because of the fabric because of the customized way that we'll adjust the designs and we will just charge a higher margin and then promote it you know the the problem is not that there isn't enough demand that there isn't a large enough customer segment so it's interesting to me that a lot of brands that already have quite a high price point and have attracted a customer that is happy to spend on quality garments wouldn't just incur the cost and shift their, their, their pricing model.
3: Yeah, it's one of those where a smaller size costs less to make and a larger size costs more to make. And so as a brand, we've been very Firm on the fact that we won't charge more for larger sizes. We want to make sure that we've averaged that out in the cost. And that's because we disagree with the notion of a fat tax, which is sometimes charged to plus size customers for having and needing larger clothes. And we've even noticed it within the wholesale market is there are many brands that do try to get over this by charging less for smaller sizes and more for larger sizes. But then what that actually discourages retailers is to buy those larger sizes because it's going to cost them more. They're maybe unsure of how they're going to sell that. And honestly, it's one of these catch-22s where it just keeps kind of like
1: cycling on its Would you just be able to average the the cost as a whole to manufacture your collection regardless of size and then have that reflected so so the um the the increase in manufacturing costs is absorbed across the entire collection? That's what we do at Danny Marie, yes, because
3: we don't want there to be a difference in price um across the sizes. But that is another reason why I guess if someone had a question of like why are plus size clothes so much more expensive sometimes, it's because of this reason. Um, and I'm sorry if you experience that. <laughs>
0: And one other element um, that we haven't talked about yet is when it comes to production. So not only is there the costs of the R&D, of developing um, the pieces and the cost of the material, but there's also another cost, which is the cost to have an extended range of sizing.
3: Yeah, this is definitely something that we face with manufacturers that we're working with, is that you have minimum order quantities for what you order. So as a small brand, you're taking quite a big risk when you place an order, trying to, you know, work out what range of sizes you want and which styles are going to be working. And that risk is intensified when you have a minimum order quantity of, say, 100 units, which is what ours is. And within that minimum order quantity, you're not allowed to have like 10 different sizes, 12 different sizes, because for the manufacturer, they're trying to keep their operation lean. And so they have different kind of limits in place for example you can have a minimum order quantity of 100 but you need to have six sizes within that range so if you then want to produce more sizes suddenly you've got another minimum order quantity of 100 units so that's then 200 units that you have to produce and as a small brand that's quite a lot and there's a lot of capital that goes into that and so it's just another example of how you're restricted as a small brand to be able to cater as much as you can and you have to start somewhere and you have to, you can try and you can like make small steps and, and always aim to do better. And I understand people's frustrations when they don't see their size. But I suppose that's, I guess, one of the reasons. It's not an excuse, but it's definitely a reason. I do think bigger brands could do better, though. They do have a bit more capital. But again, they're still taking that that financial risk.
0: That's so interesting. Even you know, if that that rule of six applies sort of generally, then it's like, well, why don't you have thirteen sizes? Why don't you have nineteen sizes? Because going one over that six then like creates the whole other minimum order. And Holly, I know you have some thoughts
2: on this. I do. I do. I'm very excited, very eager. What's really wild to me is that Sylvie has done what I think is logical and has chosen those six sizes to be plus sizes. So. Uh, What I don't get is brands in 2023 or brands ever who will go out and choose a size 6 to a size 14 as their size range when that's only catering to a really small percentage of the market. As I said before, 67% of Australian women were a size 16 and above. So that is the vast majority of Australians, but less than 6% of brands offer above a size 16. It doesn't make sense to me. Yes, I get that it's expensive. Six sizes is not many sizes, but why are people only choosing the smaller sizes and not choosing the larger sizes when that's where all of us are wearing clothes? That just doesn't add up for me. I agree. And
3: it's also so competitive in those smaller sizes, which is another reason that we decided against doing the size inclusivity and making the stock for the sizes eight through to 12 because it's like, well, we could go through all of this process. And then there's so many brands in that field that maybe we wouldn't be be able to sell them anyway. Whereas we know when we're designing for the plus customer, we're designing with curves in mind. We know she needs this. We know she wants a high fashion experience. She doesn't want to just wear leggings and like a big old t-shirt. Like that's so boring. (laughs) I love the quote. I can't remember where I heard this, but they say that for plus-size people, they get clothes, but not fashion. And I think that is so true. And so that's what we're trying to solve. But yeah, Holly, I hear you. Like, why? It's it's very frustrating. I um, was chatting to some
0: plus-size contributors a while ago, and they were talking also about how within plus-size, it's hard to find clothes in the size, but it's even harder to find sustainable, ethical on trend clothes. And actually, you know, one of the most posted brands on Miss Tyler is Shein, which we know is not necessarily the most ethical, sustainable brand. But honestly, it really does cater to a huge audience and it provides clothes that are on trend and different. Um, so honestly, like as much as like, you know, we don't, you know, applaud many of the things they do. I do applaud the fact that they do actually do a really great job of giving people clothes and make them feel great about themselves. And coming back to our question about, you know, why is it hard to find clothes that fit our bodies? So one of them is that sometimes they're not actually produced for our bodies. They may not have our sizing. And something that has been like unbelievably shocking to me, something that sort of I've learned in my journey since I've stepped into this world of fashion, is that even brands that carry extended sizing will often not carry those sizing in retail. And so I've spoken to many women that are size, you know, 16 to 18, which is, you know, bordering on like the average size, who have said that it's very hard for them to shop in a shopping center. Often, if they go into a shopping center, there might be one or two max um, stores that they can go into. There'll be a few that on a confident day, they can go in there and find a couple of pieces that work. But if they're not feeling confident that day, they're not willing to go through that process. And that the, the whole experience can be quite I guess, demoralizing because first of all, often the clothes are at the back if they are in there. If they don't have your size, then the person in the store feels awkward because they can't serve you. You feel awkward because they feel awkward and then everyone feels awkward and then you don't want to go back. Um, so I think it's just such a big opportunity to um, better cater for, you know, plus size in shopping centers. But I would love to ask both of you your thoughts on retail and brick
2: and mortar? It is such a tricky one because I think, again, these answers to these questions are so multifaceted, right? Like if it was as simple as it being down to the bottom line, then of course they would carry um, larger sizes in store. Like it would make perfect sense. There's 67% of the population in Australia are wearing a size 16 and above. That's the majority of Australians. So therefore it makes sense to have the majority of your clothing be above a size 16. That's not the case in store, right? It's less than 10% have above a size 16. And I think that there are many reasons for that. I think one of the reasons which Sylvia and a a few of you have touched on is that a lot of these retailers are claiming that the plus sizes don't sell, that people aren't buying these larger sizes. And the reason that people aren't buying those larger sizes is for two reasons. One the clothes are not made for a larger body. So they may technically be the width or the measurements that they should be, but the cut is awful. It feels terrible. The fabrics, polyester, you know, these clothes are not carefully thoughtfully made in the same way they are for straight sizes. They're just graded up by those five centimeters. The other aspect of this is marketing. So a brand will create these clothing, these clothes in these sizes, but then They won't have fat models. They won't have plus size models in their campaigns. Or if they do, it's one, maybe two people. When, as we just said, the majority of people who are buying these clothes, in theory, in the population, are above size 16. So wouldn't it make sense to have all your models that size? Unfortunately, again, it does come back to um, diet culture and the stigma around weight and weight bias, which is a really dicey, tricky area to go, but it can't be ignored when it comes to this. Um, It's such a huge part of it.
1: And and I just wanted to add to that, um, when we have a look at any brand online, a lot of brands now will do their e-com imagery in a sample size, eight, but then also maybe like a 16, which you know, we could also say the other challenge is finding models that are sort of the traditionally called plus size models, because um, that's a whole nother topic, the challenge of finding the models that the brands can employ. But so you see the product on, let's say, a size 16 model online, and you think, okay, that's a nice, you know, top or what have you. But the other thing is that the styling, the way you put your outfits together is incredibly important. Not only what you put together, but the little tiny techniques and styling details that turn it from just wearing a top and pants into a friggin' amazing outfit. And I think that that's the other thing that that a lot of women, a lot of individuals are challenged by when it comes to fit. As customers, we tend to purchase the garments and then we put them on our body and we go, oh, well, this isn't as exciting as, you know, the person I saw on Miss Tyler or the person I saw on Instagram doesn't look as good. Therefore, it doesn't fit me. It doesn't suit me. I won't wear it. So I think the other missing piece of the puzzle as to why clothing doesn't fit, the clothing may in fact fit if you know how to style it and alter it because just as like an additional tangent, Apparently, like the the a very small percentage of people are perfectly shaped to fit the clothing straight off the rack and on our bodies.
0: I was going to say because I um, I mean, through the Miss Tyler journey, obviously, um, you know, one of the problems that brands are trying to solve is poor fit, and for them, they're trying to solve it from the point of view of lowering returns because the return rate is like approaching forty to fifty percent in some cases for online shopping of clothes and shoes, and so they're definitely trying to solve that. And I. You know everyone's trying to solve it with size. I think you know it obviously like size is a way oversimplification for a woman's body you know it's you know we've got within a size we've got tall, petite, curvy, straight, like so much variation um so I think you know it's not just size it's all these other things but to Sarah's the other Sarah's point i I think style is honestly like fifty percent of it like I personally like I am not like Sarah I you know, have really struggled myself with fashion. Like I find it really hard to know what to pick up and what to put together. And I've had items in my wardrobe that have just never fit right until I tried them with a high-waisted skirt. And all of a sudden, you know, three years sitting in my closet, never worn. And then I wear it with a high waisted skirt. And I'm like, this is my favorite top now because I know how to wear it. So I definitely think styling is a big component. And I've seen, you know, you can wear things that are oversized and make them look great. Or wear something that's probably a little bit too tight, but you wear it with something and it still looks great. So I think that's a really relevant point about fit, which is, you know, obviously just knowing how to style it, potentially altering it or using clothes to alter it, like adding a belt to cinch it in or like pulling it up higher or scrunching up the sleeves. Like I was wearing a, a blaze the other day and Sarah's like, these, these um, arms like aren't the right fit for you. But if you scrunch up the sleeves, it'll look
2: good. And it did.
0: So that's really interesting. But sorry, Holly, I cut you off.
2: No, that's such a great point. Such a great point. And um, especially when it comes to a plus size customer, like how many plus size stylists are there out there? I can't even think of one. We do have um, some
3: great stylists on InSize who are contributing to the video reviews that we have, which is one of the things that we actually brought in to help people find stuff in their size and see what it looks like on, on someone who's in their size as well. But I just wanted to also touch on your point on the the retailers and how difficult it is to find stuff in store because being on the brand side, I have knocked on so many doors trying to get this brand into brick and mortar. And we do have a couple of stockists, which is great. And we are online on a few places, like we sell on Bloomingdale's and on the Iconic, which is really exciting. Yeah. However. Getting into stores is really difficult. And I have been to, to a lot of um, trade fairs and sp- spoken to retailers who are buying in the brands and asked them, like, why when over 60% of the population is plus size, why are you not stocking even over a size 14? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And what it goes down to again is what you were guys they were saying about the styling and the marketing, because if you're only buying in sizes six through 12, Then the plus size customer goes into that shop and realizes that there's nothing there for her and she leaves and she doesn't come back. And then all the imagery on the on the stores and the mannequins, it's all like smaller women. So she doesn't go in the store. And then the retailer thinks, oh, well, there's no customer for me in a size 14 and above. Therefore, I'm not going to buy in clothing for that size because I don't get that woman in. And again, it's that catch 22 situation. So I think your point to how we can use styling and marketing to enable people of over a size 14 and above, like all sizes. And this also will help retailers sell stock, because if you're marketing and showing people in loads of different body types, like you have on Miss Tyler, like in different outfits, styling it in different ways, and being in a body type that is representative of your shape, then that's actually really powerful, and it's an amazing tool to see other um, brand um, and see how your clothes are actually being worn. But also as a customer, finally finding something that inspires them to want to make that purchase and and find something that they know will probably fit because it looks good on this person who looks like me. I think that is so powerful in this whole whole debate around fit and size. And also goes to show that you don't always have to buy what you think is your size on the hanger, because a lot of the times I have bought a size six oversized fit, which then fits me as like a normal size. And we've found that with a lot of our customers as well. Someone who's a size 32, even though we don't do that size, can actually fit into a lot of our dresses because they're like a larger fit with a lot of stretch and so I would encourage people to try things on even if it's not the size that you think it is because there is a discrepancy across sizes in retailers and just thinking of yourself as one size is quite limiting in your experience in fashion and so even if you think oh I'm not sure if this would fit or not just try it on because you never know And I think that's one of the styling tips that I've heard the most from our community is just try it and see how it fits for your body. And if not, you can always return it. (laughs) And and this is an interesting one as well, because like when we talk about, so I I think just to sort of recap,
0: like we've talked about the fact that, you know, it's hard to find clothes that fit because, you know, there's much more than size. It's like, one, does it come in your size? And two, if it comes in your size, is it designed for your shape or your height or your age or your colouring, all those other factors that go into it? Second of all, we've talked about um, if it doesn't come in your size, why, and it could be because of the material cost. It could be the research and development cost. Sort of Holly touched on that a little bit about you know having to explore how to make it fit bodies better. And I know that Sylvie, you had um, an instance with um, going up another size the other day, and sort of the process that you had to go through from an R and D point of view. If you want to touch about that quickly,
3: yes. So I was telling Sarah this while we had a lovely walk together where we always just like have so much to chat about with size and fit it was something we were both really passionate about and I was telling her about the struggles of actually wanting to make Danny Maria a size inclusive brand and that was to try and bring the sizes down to a size eight because one of the reasons I was thinking was well if all these retailers don't want to have a 14 and above maybe if they try the brand on the smaller sizes and see that it works then they could bring in the larger sizes and we cater for everyone that was like one of the strategies but as we were developing the clothing we realized that it was actually very tricky to take certain items that were designed for curves and then make them fit for someone who was a size eight because when you're a a larger size as holly was talking about as well like you carry your weight in different areas and so we Redesigned for room and that's one of our like bonus points of Danny Marie's it's, it's one of the things that we're proud of as, as a plus-size brand but then translating that into a size 8 10 12 isn't as simple because the proportions are then wrong and so you actually need completely different blocks for different sizes and it's actually why there is a difference between an XxL and a 2x you would think that that's the same but it's not An XXL is a size developed for the smaller size range, the standard sizing set of small to large XL, XXL. They're all based on a certain type of block. And a block is what is used in pattern making in clothing manufacturing to basically create the shapes of the clothes. When you get into plus sizes, you have different blocks. So that's why in plus size, the size goes 1X, 2X, 3X and more because they're using a different block when they're creating the clothing. So if you're shopping and you're trying an XXL and think, oh, the 2X will fit me or vice versa, you'd actually find there is a big discrepancy in the way that that item fits and it's all to do with the block and the pattern. So there's a lot of technical reasons as to why there are these discrepancies in sizing. And I know sometimes as a consumer, it feels really frustrating to go into a shop and be like, why am I size 12 in this store, but not in this store? But it's all to do with the way that <laughs> brands are using blocks and pattern making, and there is no standardization. And I was thinking about this, and I thought, even if the government in Australia made it a legal requirement that we all have the same sizes, then we would have to get the governments in the US, in China, in India, in the UK, across all Europe to all agree on this. And we can't even agree on, <laughs> I don't want to say the example. So it will be hard enough to do this. So... Unfortunately, a lot of the times of shopping, the best thing you can do for yourself is look at the measurements of the garments and do it that way rather than always size. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier around not just being set on one size that you might be. You could actually be a range of different sizes. And I don't think that's a bad thing because then you don't define yourself by your size. And a lot of women do. And we really don't need to. It's just a number to help you find a garment that fits. And if the garment doesn't fit you, then that's the garment's fault, not you. And and
0: actually onto that, even, even if we had standardized sizing, you know, we all have um, brands that we can turn to that we know fit our body because, you know, maybe they designed, you know, and they, they work better for curvier women or they work better for straighter women or they work better for taller women or they work better for more petite women but if you're going to do standard sizing, I guess you would have to then figure out again, who you're designing for. Whereas like maybe like having brands that have a little bit of flexibility about who they're designing for means that we can each go out there and find the ones that work for us because there's so much variation in our bodies that it is a really tough one, but but you're right. Like the complexity about even when you know your size, which one is going to work for you makes it a really, really complicated process and you know having to try things on to try and figure it out like you know it is a process of trial and error and it's like a process of trial and very demoralizing error because it really is not nice when you try something on it doesn't look right or feel right and then you have to return it Um, and again it's easier when you go into a store because you can try things on and leave them there but then this process of like having to bring them home and using your your bedroom as the changing room Um, that sort of then fuels this process of returns and and what happens if you're trying to buy something on sale and you can't return it um, or if you get to return it, and then you get stuck with stuff that you don't want to use so then it becomes really risky to buy online you know it's it's really challenging yeah that's
3: one of the reasons that with Insize we which is the marketplace that we have where we have brands who have all sorts of different sizes so then it gets really complicated as a marketplace because all of a sudden you've got alpha sizing which is excess through to you know four five six x or you have numerical sizing which by the way is different in the US to Australia which you obviously all know and so then brands have their own sizing systems from like one to five or one of our apparel brands has wording sizing she calls stuff like super fat size or infinity fat size, which is awesome. But then you still need to figure out exactly what your size is. So having a standardized system is probably not going to happen, unfortunately, which doesn't always, it's not always a bad thing. So my advice would be um look at reviews, look at peers, look at social and see what people are, you know, wearing in your size for that brand. And most importantly know your measurements. And I think there's a lot of fear around putting a measuring tape around your body and and measuring yourself it's the same as weighing yourself like some people just don't want to do it I haven't weighed myself in the long term and you know I don't really want to know and it's this kind of like thing that we have but with measuring yourself it's actually really really key to finding a good fit and just having that knowledge is, is very powerful so if you know your key measurements of bus waist hips you'll have a way easier time shopping online than if you're just going by oh well I think I'm a size 18 in this one so I'm probably a size 18 in in this other one, um, that would be my biggest recommendation for that. And just back yourself, go for it. <laughs> Explore and your then style and dimensions. when
0: when all else fails, um, you know, uh, solve it with styling. So when we break it down, it's like you know, one does it even come in your size? If it comes in your size, will that even suit your body because of all the other dimensions? And then you've also got the secondary issue of even if it exists, how do you find it? Because it may not be carried in store. So then you have to try and search online to try and find the ones that do carry, you know, clothes that are going to fit your body. And, but then they're not marketed to you either. So if you're going into sites and then you're trying to like, look for, you know, what you want to see is someone who looks like you. And then, you know, this site is relevant for me, but it's not marketed to you either. So it's essentially the issues around size that they're related to, fit in other dimensions. It's related to access through marketing and actually, you know, distribution. And then finally like this styling piece.
2: I was just gonna say, I think if we want to um have a little bit of like an optimistic future lens as well, when we're looking at solving this problem, I do think that AI is the is the solution. I mean, as as much as that is such an on-trend thing to say. And you know, of course I'm saying that in 2023, but I do think that, you know, brands like Citizen Wolf who are creating T-shirts based on the measurements of the individual who's purchasing the item, I think that that is the way that this is going to be solved eventually. Like I I think that, you know, the way we create clothes in, in 100 years' time is going to look completely different to the way we make clothes now because we know that the way we make clothes now is very, very broken. And what Sylvie and I are both trying to do, what we're all trying to do really is make the best of a bad situation, right? Like we're trying to find hacks and tricks Um, But none of them are really actual solutions. And I think that what's really exciting is that those solutions, I don't think we can even imagine them right now. I think that they are going to be something that we don't even really know how that's going to look or how it's going to feel because it's going to be so out there. And in a way, it's kind of exciting, like the fact that we're even having this conversation The fact that um, people are talking about this more and we're upset, we don't like that we can't find clothes in our size. It's not okay, And so I think that the impetus is going to be on brands and on the industry as a whole to start making those changes. And I think it's really exciting.
0: And maybe as well, just even honestly having more of these conversations, because there might be solutions out there that we're not aware of because we're not talking about it. And the more we talk about it, the more people are like, you know, saying, well, this is what I use. This is what I've done. This is this new brand. You know, this is this new market.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's, there's often a thing that's said in the plus size and fat community, which is if you wear above a size 22, you kind of get a free pass on fast fashion. And that's not an excuse to be not sustainable because all of us need to be thinking more about that and being more environmentally conscious. But if like me, you literally can't buy clothes anywhere other than Danny Marie and ASOS, you know, it's like, we get a pass, we get a pass because the options are not there i can't go and wear a beautifully curated piece that's from sustainable fabric that's made in australia it doesn't exist so i have to shop with sheen it sucks but it's true
0: you've been listening to the fashion fits podcast brought to you by miss tyler The place to discover creators your height, shape and size already shopping for your body.